Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup Group. Uh, it's great to see all you guys this morning. And we have over 250 people on the call now, which is awesome. Uh, I think was one of the biggest, I think this is the biggest call we've had so far. Last month, we ran out of the limit, so I had to extend, I had to grow the Zoom limit. So, uh, But just to give you guys some backdrop on the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup, we started back in mid-2020, uh, pr pr primarily because of what was going on in the world via the pandemic. And you know, we wanted to become kind of the watering hole for information pertaining to commercial real estate, especially on LinkedIn. Um, and so ever since then, we've invited speakers pretty much every other week to share different topics pertaining to commercial real estate. And today, uh, I'm really excited to invite Chip Ridge, uh, CEO of Millennial Title, to talk about blockchain technology and how, how it pertains to commercial real estate and how it's going to affect commercial real estate going forward. So Chip, welcome to the show. Excited to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And wow, what a what a group. I mean, amazing. I've, I've done quite a few of these and uh, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm blown away with one, the participation and then secondarily the coverage. I mean, we've got just a wide, wide audience. So hopefully uh, this time is, is useful and uh, always excited to talk about this topic and looking forward to our conversation. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and we're excited to host you. And for those of you guys as well, like if, if, as we go through this process, essentially what's going to happen is we're going to ask some predetermined questions that I have for Chip, and then we'll open up to Q&A. So if you have some questions that you'd like to be able to ask, feel free to type them away in the chat box and we'll refer them uh, as later. And then also after this meeting, uh, we will be recording this as well. So if you guys want to go back and, and check it out as well, it'll be available. and We'll be posting it in the, in the LinkedIn group as well. So Awesome. So first off, Chip, uh, what we'd like to learn a little bit more about is your is you. We want to learn a little bit more about you and, and what got you in the commercial real estate business. Yeah, great. Uh, and, and then one other thing, too, um, I always encourage, I'll put my information as well. If people have some sidebar questions or follow-ups or even material requests, I uh, would love to share that with you. So I'll, I'll put our put my contact information as well. And I encourage that. That seems to be a good way to sort of follow up. Um, but yeah, I'm Chip Ridge. I'm here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so I met Ralph here locally, which is, was really exciting. And I've been in the title business, I hate to admit it, over 20 years uh, sort of dates me. Um, got in the, the real estate title world sort of by accident. I was a, a boat builder before, believe it or not. And, uh, and then got in this crazy world. Uh, and built a company. We, uh, we have offices in Kentucky, uh, Florida, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana. We cover right now, and Texas is our newest uh, office. Uh, we cover uh, 25 states that we're licensed in, and we actually cover the entire footprint of the United States through partnerships and so forth. Uh, we also, we do a a lot of uh, residential work, uh, but we also do a lot of commercial work. Uh, and as it relates to specifically blockchain and, and cryptocurrency, uh, we have been uh, interested or engaged in this space probably for about 14 months or so. Uh, we, we had a gentleman that worked in our office here in Louisville that had been in the, in the crypto space for five or six years. Uh, he'd been telling me about it. And to be candid with you, I just sort of rolled my eyes and, and told him good luck and said, I'm going to go over to the casino. You, you do you, I'll do me. And, 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 and I didn't really uh, give it as much merit as, as I probably should have back then. Uh, but as things started to evolve uh, and it's starting really back in late 2020, uh, probably the tail end, um, I started noticing a lot more activity that was on the radar uh, regarding blockchain utilization uh, and specifically, you know, how, how that would intersect with the cryptocurrency world in space. So we started a, a little uh, sidebar called Encrypted Estates, which was specifically developed as a subsidiary of millennial title uh, to focus on how we could really leverage blockchain technology uh, intersect there with cryptocurrency to create an insured transaction. So that's just a real high level. Uh, and, and ever since then, uh, we, we were really formally organized in January of 2021. And since then, I've just been doing a ton of research, outreach, uh, working with different companies, banks, uh, other attorneys, um, just a lot of different accounting firms, uh, mainly a lot of tech folks 
and just trying to understand and learn more about blockchain technology and marry that up with how we could bring it into the real estate space. So that's that's the story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> You're sticking to it. That's <laughs> awesome. So I'm I, depending on the, 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 our audience, I'm sure there's people with different levels of understanding pertaining to blockchain. So what, what I wanted to kind of first have you do is kind of explain what exactly is blockchain? And then from there, we can dive into, you know, other other topics as well. I think having a high level overview would be would be beneficial for the audience. Sure, sure. And full disclosure, I'm, I'm not a ones and zeros guy. You know, my my if, if people want to start quizzing me on the tech side of the development space, uh, they're going to be very disappointed. Uh, I've 20 years, well, 20 plus years in the title and settlement. Uh, so I can answer any hopefully in all of those questions you know, with with some sense of experience, but the tech side of the blockchain, but, you know, at a high level, you know, blockchain is essentially the, the technology, there's a lot of discussion around Web3 um, and how blockchain works. And it's, just, you know, it's essentially these this distributed ledger uh, that is created and it, it it's a, a ability to uh, transfer information in a very secure and uh, efficient and transparent manner. And, and the application specifically as it relates on the real estate side and the excitement is, you know, for somebody in our space, which is in the settlement and the, the escrow space, is that it, it the, the security piece of it, it's immutable, it can't be changed. And so therefore, when we talk about settlement layers, we talk about payment rails, we talk about, um, you know, going from the, the traditional banking system into, a blockchain layered payment rail system. Uh, there's just a lot of opportunities. There's speed opportunities. The payment, the payment systems now you have you have lags and clearing and so forth. You've got wire fraud issues. So so you know looking at the blockchain piece of it um, and the the development on the software and the capabilities of that layer, uh, you know that's what excited us and that's what brought us to really try to understand it further. And then the, we'll talk a little bit later. There's also the information and the recording piece of it where you can, you know, do things such as put a uh, chain on, you put the title on the blockchain, look at, you know, applications such as NFTs, tokenization, and, and those utilities that tie into the blockchain. That's awesome. No, that, that's some, that's some great uh, clarification regarding what exactly blockchain is. So, Pertaining to what you do on a on a regular basis with with, with title work, we we there's a there's a keyword that a lot of people use regarding smart contracts. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that terminology and how it applies to what you do on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, you know, we have any any real property. You technically, you should have a contract on. I would tell anybody and everybody, uh, especially for insurability and forcibility, mainly. And legality, you you have to have a, a contract. Um, you know what the opportunity within the smart contract gives us is a, is a layer of where we can put essentially using the blockchain as a uh, vehicle to uh, engage and contract you know real property. So we can essentially say, okay. You know, we're going to structure an if, there, when, if this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And once these conditions have been met, the smart contract essentially takes those in, in, in you know, in contingencies upon, you know, certain things happening and then essentially puts those uh, contractual, those contracts on the chain so that people can see, yes, this occurred, this occurred, this occurred, this occurred. And therefore now we have a fully uh, completed contract. Um, and, and just so everybody knows, I mean, we are not currently using smart contracts uh, to exchange real estate. And, and I'm not aware at this very moment, anybody who is has has gotten to that level, but we do see some real opportunities in the utility of smart contracts, and that's on our uh, essentially deck list of, of things to do. But we're we're squarely right now focused on using payment rail systems on the blockchain to transfer stable coins and digital currencies uh, for settlement purposes. That's our primary goal right now, Ralph. 
For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's kind of, kind of leads into the next question regarding, you know, cryptocurrency and, and, and utilizing that in some capacity to be able to exchange real property. So, uh, you know, can you kind of elaborate a little bit on this? Because when I did my initial research, I assumed it was like, you know, I could take Solana or some other type of cryptocurrency and exchange it, where in reality, you actually utilize stable coins, which is what you were mentioning. How, can you kind of explain that process more, more efficiently for me? Because Oh, sure. Sure. And, and, you know, right now there's a lot of uh, candidly, I like to call it almost noise around it. I mean, the realities are uh, today, as it, as it speaks today, you're most likely going to end up somehow, some way, there's going to be a certain component of the transaction, which uh, ends up in fiat currency and fiat's dollars or euros or whatever currency that you're working in whichever uh, contraction. And, and you really do at this moment in time, um, we we tell people you need to contractually go as a fiat-based number. Uh, you, you shouldn't do like, well, we're going to pay 10 Bitcoin for this property. You would say we're going to pay, you know, 450,000, whatever, whatever the number is. Then you back in to the currency exchange rate based on whatever timing mechanics you have in the contract. So it's important that we understand that. But the the the, the workflow today um, and the people that we're working with that are using cryptocurrency, most of the, the highest use case that I can share with this group. Ralph is is people who have who have crypto and and what they're doing is they're using it as a, a borrowing base. So they're finding uh, crypto lenders out there that are willing to um, use that collateral. So if they have, let's I'll just use round numbers. If they had say twenty Bitcoin and they wanted to, you know, most lenders will let you borrow up to and and I, there might be some crypto lenders on this call. So I don't want to speak for them, but I'm just giving you general baseline information that I'm aware of. They'll let you borrow up to say 50% of that, that Bitcoin. And so you would essentially take that, you would, you would pledge that collateral, and then you would get, you know, give or take in that case, if you had 20 and you wanted to borrow, you know, 450,000, or a lot of times, honestly, most of the people that we're dealing with are just borrowing like down payment opportunities, or they're doing a hybrid model. They'll take that convert that currency uh, through the through the lender into like a stable coin application, uh, send it into our account, and then we'll actually distribute it out in fiat currency. So we're not we're not actually distributing out at this moment. Now the platform that we are building and working on, we would actually have that opportunity if the seller wanted to accept um, some type of cryptocurrency, we could do that in a form of like an atomic swap or something of that nature. But that is today through our network and, and the key is insurable, that's what we're focused on is insurability. That's not, we can't do that quite yet because there's some good funds issues and, and we don't have a, um, a banking partner out there that's FDIC insured to be able to, to, to do that. There are payment rail systems. I saw someone put in their strike. There's uh, BitPay is one that we work with. There's a, a company called Forum Pay, And those are all great conversion tools. So those enable you to convert crypto to stable coins or to fiat currency. Um, but, you know, at this very moment, there's still Ralph will most likely end up settling out in a fiat currency because the vendors will want that most agents uh, that we're aware um one sidebar and then i'll we'll, we can ask questions or whatever would be we have worked with a couple of people um this has not been um as uh, what i would like to call uh adopted but where they do a wallet to wallet exchange so a buyer and a seller have agreed hey i'm comfortable with crypto you're comfortable with crypto let's make an agreement they still this is what i would tell everyone they still need the contract to be in fiat currency because for taxation purposes and recordation purposes that is going to be a necessary so um, but then they they pay into the escrow account whatever fees and recording and all that need to be paid out in fiat, and then they do a wallet to wallet transfer between parties. Then very minimal of, of usually I, whenever people talk about they get 
I guess they get uncomfortable and, and we've got ways that we can facilitate that and protect the parties. But a lot of times they end up, they want us to distribute or disperse all the funds. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're, you're the one facilitating that transaction. So pertaining to cryptocurrency and, 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 and outside of just cryptocurrency is, is the concept of tokenization that you talked about a little bit earlier. Can you kind of explain what that is and maybe some of the future implications of that being, you know, in the commercial real estate business? Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, um, it's 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 probably the hottest use case right now that that you're seeing, um, you know, and it's essentially I like to compare it to like a fractional ownership. Uh, that's what we're seeing the 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 highest use currently, um, and they're doing it more so at least based on the you know my interaction with with people in the in the business. Uh, they're doing it more so in in you know like Europe and so forth uh, because there's there's a little bit less regulation involved because really when you get into tokenizing properties um, you get into securities issues um, those tokens at least here domestically are considered securities so you have to go through a security broker and there's also some some issues on compliance and regulatory uh, that you know, that a lot of that, that just candidly add a lot of expense right now to it. I, I believe you'll start to see a, a higher adoption rate as those costs and, and of doing it and the barriers to entry come down because you're going to have a lot more people out there that are able to actually can go to and do the tokenization piece. But um, I see it as being a really powerful tool, Ralph, when, when people go to, you know, used to be you'd have to do like a tenants in common well that's fine and, and there's there's definitely some utility to that and, and we do a fair amount of them but when you go to disperse or sell the property you've got to have everybody aligned they all have to step together it's really hard to unwind them if you get a disjointed partnership so this gives this this tokenization and just to give you sort of a high level really basic use case would be if i went and bought a you know a, a hundred plex and, and I paid, you know, I, I paid whatever, $50 million for it, what have you. And I wanted to chop that up into tokens or into fractional ownership um, to make it for, for collateral raise and, and also for just the ability to reach more investors. Um, I could tokenize it, you know, create these tokens, sell those tokens and essentially pay on those tokens. And then when that person wanted to exit out, they own that token, they could go and sell that token and, and get their equity back out. Um, full disclosure right now, I mean, there are projects out there and there's groups doing those types that um, Red Swan, I think is, a, is one that uh, they did a, a property out in Colorado that was pretty well hyped and, and seemed to be, I, I'm aware of some projects down in Miami, Florida for hotels that they're doing this approach to. Um, you know, there are some challenges to that currently. There's still some, I would suggest, there's still some lack of clarification around some of the regulatory implications. And I think that's held developers back. Uh, and then there's the cost issues as well. The projects have to be pretty large wide scale projects at this moment, just to support what it's gonna cost you on an ongoing basis. And then the last piece of it is there's not um, enough flow, deal flow for the token piece of it to really uh, support what, what we would like to call the price discovery, which I think is really ultimately where you're trying to get, where you have great price discovery opportunity so that the value of that token and that the underlying asset, which is the real estate, is maximized because you've got less friction, you've got less, um, you've got a wider pool. It's sort of like the whole NFT world with the, uh, you know, where they're, you know, the whole concept is if, 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 if I've got this ginormous pool of investors and I can access them and they can access me, it's going to make price discovery a lot easier and it's going to make the friction and the cost of transaction go down. But we're, we're in the, you know, arguably the first inning or maybe at the plate of that, of that development. For sure. So, so just to summarize real quick, the, the, the concept itself is to, to break up a existing opportunity into multiple pieces and then sell those in that interest to other people. And therefore at some point in time, like you said, it's still very early in the process. Uh, we could have a somewhat of a secondary market to be able to sell those tokens 
And so if I, let's say, own a fractional interest into this, in this 100 unit development, I own a token, I can go to this secondary market and say, hey, you know, I have this token for this 100 unit property, you can buy it from me for XYZ. And then, you know, it's, it's essentially like it makes it makes the liquidity of ownership within real estate a little bit more seamless versus having to dissolve a, a tenancy in common and make it it's just a lot more difficult to deal with. And yeah, when, what, and, go ahead. and yeah, and then the other layer to that would be, you know, what they sort of talk about in the DeFi world is the ability also to use those um, use those tokens as potential assets for other purposes as well. So you you can sort of layer on. I mean, it's hard, you know, if you do a tenants in common or even do some of these, you know, partnership LLCs, it, it's hard to fractionalize the, uh, it, you know, the, the, the distribution of income is not that challenging to fractionalize, but the distribution of the asset base value and the ability to borrow on that in, in a, you know, in a pretty efficient way can be can be a challenge. And, and there are people tokenizing, you know, single properties as well, you know, the the, the, the thought process there sort of taking us, you know, back into the title spaces is, you know, we you create these tokens, these tokens are on chain, and you can transfer these tokens very efficiently. You know, a lot of people in my space are scared of that, you know, of, of what that potentially looks like, because they're like, well, is that going to devalue or is that going to disrupt what the title insurance world does? You know, and our our perspective is we're going to lean into the technology because we still are, are confident that we bring value. You know, as a um, as a trusted advisor and, and candidly as somebody who protects the interests of the parties involved in the transaction, so we can still be a, an intermediary. But um, full disclosure, you know, we're looking at this as a price savings opportunity. I mean, there's been it's. There, there, there could definitely be if, if, if we can do it faster, more efficient, and more secure. We should pass that along to the consumer. That's just the way businesses work. Definitely, yeah, and and it just increases the the velocity of transactions as opposed exactly. to exactly, yeah. and it opens it up to a larger base, which actually helps everybody. Hundred percent, yeah, because you could if you have a fractionalized interest within a very large development, for example, you could access it with l lower capital than you could outside of just what you had to do with previously. Yeah, we think like you know, I know that the opportunity zone stuff is sort of maybe past its peak availability, but but things of that nature, even getting into you know tax credit deals and so forth, there's some interesting plays there. But once again, we're in the very beginning of that, but I think you're going to start to see, you know, our discussions with the financial institutions. When we first started this, you know, back in the fall of 2020, most of the folks we talked about really just didn't engage at all. Um, they, they were not interested uh, really across the whole landscape of what we were in our business, uh, you know, associates. And now they're all coming back and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're, we've got money earmarked. We're going to be developing a payment rail system or tre digital treasury management system. Um, the OCC just came out with some uh, clarification rules that's really opening up the crypto space, uh, the digital asset space to banks um, in, in a big way. Um, there was a lot of you know noise around, well, could you hold stable coins at an FDIC insured bank and and you know it was that now they're saying yes you just have to have proper safeguards and custodial you know uh what, what custodial um regular whatever uh, compliance in in place um still a bit open-ended but a lot more supportive in the general sense uh than than it was even six to you know 12 months ago that's awesome. No, and then that kind of leads me to the next question pertaining to how do you see these changes manifesting themselves over the next few years? Because I think that's that's one of the benefits of us being in this in this room and kind of discussing this is that you want to get ahead of the curve. You want to be you want to be you under you want to understand what's going on so that a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you can capitalize on these type of opportunities. So do you mind kind of Yeah, no, I mean we're you know, we it's a great question, Ralph, and it's candidly one that we struggle with on the development side because when you you know when you're trying to work with software engineers and you're trying to solve workflows and and so forth, and there's still can't a lot of questions on you know where things are going to go, what happens with stable coins, does the U.S. you know Treasury do they get involved and try to do some type of digital dollar? I mean, those will all have impacts, but at the end of the day. 
I, I do believe very strongly that the technology itself, and you look at the use case, it, it's there. And so I think tokenization is something that everybody who's in the commercial real estate space should, you know, I would suggest be following because I think it's a great, uh, it's it's a, a great way to um, really build out some of these pro formas. And if you're if you're trying to put to package together deals, or maybe you're in, you're interested in investing in deals or what have you, I do believe tokenization is something that's going to really impact how deals are structured and and the way the in you know inflow and outflow of, of capital in the in the commercial markets. Um, relating to title, uh, there's less clarity there. Um, you know, if you really think about it, if you zoom out, title is done at a very local level. And when I talk about title, meaning like deed recording, you know, each uh, county has their own county clerk. And, and, you know, I'm in Kentucky and God knows, save the jokes in the chat box, but, you know, they're lucky in some of our counties to, you know, they're still doing the old school. I mean, we, we have the state legislature still trying to get clerks online. Hey, you need to uh, be online so that people can access documents online. So you're, you're dealing with a lot of levels. Um, Cook County, which is, you know, Chicago area, they did a pilot program around uh, digitizing titles um, on the blockchain, and it came back very, very favorable. They, they saw a lot of a potential fraud. They have a there's a big fraud problem in that marketplace with deeds being transferred fraudulently, and, and they saw they saw the real value there. Um, but it's all about getting continuity. You know, if if you have a title and, and you want to make sure that it's insurable and you want to make sure that you don't have any issues down the road, it, it, you know, you want to that's you got to have the title insurance, at least we would suggest. And, and so it's about getting continuity. But I think uh, Miami, Florida is a place that's really engaged and, and they're leaning into the space and they're talking about some pilot programs on the title side in Texas as well. So I would just suggest on that space, you just sort of look at your local markets and see what's going on. Um, and then finally, you know, on the banking institutional space, the payment rail systems, um, I, I believe by the end of this year, I really believe in my heart of hearts, if you want to buy and sell in crypto and you want to do it in a purely crypto manner and not have to have any friction and potentially going back and forth into fiat, I believe that op opportunity will be there for you. That's awesome. Okay. So I wanted to keep it relatively brief because we do have a lot of people on the call and I want to make sure we get to your guys' questions. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up to q and I'm looking at the chat box right now. So if you guys have any questions in particular, feel free to drop in. And for those of you guys who are listening live on Facebook, we will be also looking there as well. So, all right. So next first question is from Adrian. So, Hey, Adrian, he, uh, they ask for smart contracts to recognize that a transaction has occurred. Example, if the title for a property has been transferred to the correct buyer, it usually needs an Oracle and it usually needs an Oracle to track this action. Have you found any oracles which are able to recognize title transfer? Good, great question. Um, a little bit above my pay grade on some of the, the text piece of it, you know, because you get into nodes. And, and once again, I'm this is not where my biggest strength is by any stretch. Um, that is something. So there's a lot of talk around, you know, you've got the layer one, like Ethereum and Solana, and there's some others that are out there. Um, the biggest issue, and it's a great question that, that we've bumped into as, and once again, that's why, honestly, smart contracts on our list of, you know, implementation, we'd almost call it like a general gen three. Um, it's something we see as a great utility, but the realities are, uh, you know, being able to do it in the current environment with, you know, essentially so many different chains and the ability to cross between the chains, the interoperability of chains is still not super efficient. Um, so no, we have not. Uh, there, we are working with a company called 10XTS. Uh, they've got a product called XDEX. Um, they have been focused on the financial institution, the security world, and they're building out um, essentially a, a trustless system of uh, being able to index um, securities on the uh, on the blockchain on an Ethereum layer, and and then essentially create these oracles um, that will verify, validate that these securities are valid um, on chain, so that they can be transferred. 
Um, so we're working with them because they understand registry, they understand recording, um, but we're we're pretty far away. I, I, will, I won't lie on that. We're, we're not. It, it's a great it's a great use case. It's just one that probably will take a lot more money than Millennial Title hopes to have. <laughs> For sure. All right. So next up is Billy Billy Hodes. Uh, hey Billy, he said, "If I'm selling a building, can I reinvest the 1031 exchange funds into a tokenized property?" Great question. Right now, my understanding is no, um, and the reason being is there's the whole like kind issue. And so the tokenization becomes a security. And so you're selling out of a property in, and you're buying into a security. Now, I don't know if that will continue. There's a lot of discussion on the tokenization piece around whether it should be considered truly a security, because if you really think about it, it it's a it, it's it's actually a uh, we consider it. A, 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 an entitlement to deed, which is not a security, but right now they consider token security. So no, you could not do that. Okay, great, great answer or great response. So Justin Levine asks, uh, wouldn't this model be the early makings of another housing, 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 housing of cards, which caused the financial crisis in 2008 with subprime mortgage-backed securities? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about sort of the 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 way the structure is. I mean, the way I look at it, and that's this is more opinion than anything else. Like probably everything else I've talked about, but you know, you're the the thing that I think that's interesting is you're creating you're creating a much more efficient layer transaction layer where price discovery. Hopefully, if you if you if you know if it's on chain, everybody should be able to you know, track exactly what's been paid for it, what, you know, when it was paid, bought, when it was sold, and, you know, those type of things. And then if you take out all of these intermediary costs, because the transactional costs on these, as most of you know, who are in commercial real estate, are extremely high. And in some cases, they're, you know, five, 6% of the transaction. So if you start to eliminate, you know, some of those expenses, think about the drag rate that has on the property. And, and if you do it over and over and over, I think that's more of a, of a, you know, creates more of the crisis as we start to get into an interest rate hike and so forth. You start to look at all the trading of these properties that's gone on over the last three or four years. I'm on the title side. I get a pretty good peek under the hood. We're not seeing anywhere like we saw back when we were in 05, 06, 07, right before the crisis. I, I remember going to closings and I'd walk out of these and just shake my head and go, gosh, those people have no chance to pay for that. And I mean, it's sad to say that now, but it just was reality. I mean, they were doing the no doc, you know, no verification loans. Um, but back to the main meat of that question, um, I guess the only layer you could maybe, <clears throat> you could maybe pu push into is if you get a lot of inexperienced investors um, who maybe have um, lower, um, you know, cushion rates and the tokens, you know, they're buying in, they're buying in. And, and then suddenly there's a there's a downdraft in value and they're having to liquidate for some reason. I guess you could that could be a risk factor there. But um, I think let's be honest, the cryptocurrency market, that's probably what, you know, people would say right now, you know, in that market. So. Great response. All right. So Solomon Bellity was asking any thoughts on tokenization and DOAs? D DAOs, sorry. I'm yeah, not... I mean, that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of discussion around, um, and this is, this is more going on over with some of the European development companies around how they're going to build out these, essentially these, these token platforms and who, who will be the, you know, who's going to run them. Uh, who's who, how are they going to create the DAOs uh, and so forth? And and I think once you start to see real um, adoption in that space, and it's already happening, um, like I said, in some of these other countries, um, that'll be a good architecture and framework, hopefully for us to use use over here, uh, so that we can get. Um, you know, my biggest thing is without a big layer of people involved 
and a platform that people trust, you're 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 limited because oh yeah, I've got a token. Well, if you go, you know, if it's listed and it says right now it's you know eight dollars or whatever, and I'm that's not what it's going to be. I mean, unless you're really fractionalizing it down, down, down. But you know, let's even say it's a thousand dollars that I invested in. And then you go and you put that token out on the marketplace and you're not getting any activity around it, then really what is it worth? I mean, that's the problem. So sure. Definitely. All right. So Eric would uh, ask what blockchain platform would these smart contracts be on? Well, the, the layer that they're that I'm aware that most of them that are building at least right now on top of um, and once again, smart contracts is not my strength. I don't be and the main reason is we have not really um, leaned into that space yet. I, I, we have really focused on the financial transactional space. We're an escrow agent. We you know we handle lots of money in real time all the time and it's near and dear to my heart um but i i love the concept around smart contracts but ethereum is really what the main base layer um i know there's a lot of discussion and this is where once again i don't fully want to dive down into it over gas fees and the expense and, and what's the efficiency and then that's where people say well there's there's so many better lay you know solana and all these others are so much better they're faster they've got more capacity bandwidth what have you so I, I leave that to the really, really smart guys on the software and development side um, to, you know, to, to guide us in the right direction. Makes sense. Yeah. And similar question for, well, not necessarily similar question, but uh, we had another question regarding can smart contracts be used outside of just, you know, uh, transacting something like lease agreements, managing HOAs, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, that's from what I've what I've been, you know, researching and so forth. It seems like that is really where there's some great efficiency gain as well, because we all know um, that depending on what communities you live in, the the expense and the that come with that. And so if you're able to put those and have a DAO and have, you know, this this essentially um, much more efficient and trust-based, you know, access to, to do, you know, to transact and not have to go through the, the, you know, the HOA that um, is very, you know, inefficiently run and has a lot of unneeded expense attached to it. Um, you know, you could definitely see some real value in, in those type of applications for sure. That's awesome. All right, so Dominic, he, he asks, how far will residential real estate lag behind commercial real estate, in your opinion, in terms of adopting disruptive tech to help assist asset and value transfer? Um, you know, that goes back to my comment on the distributed nature of county clerks and deeds. You know, so if we sort of talk through the tokenization um, and, 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 you know, if you NFT, um, putting, putting those, you know, we're, we're doing, that's our sort of level two um that we're going to be working on and, and what we were what we're going to do just for it and candidly it's more for optics and just like use case um verification is we're going to start issuing owner title deed in in, in a form of an nft to you know put it on chain um you know the value of that really is more perceptual i think what what our thesis is is that a lot of the younger uh people that are you know newer to home ownership uh, we'll we'll like that because then they can take their NFT and post it out there that hey and maybe they connect it with the metaverse. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm that doesn't really involve what we're doing. You know, we're not really looking at the metaverse as a title per se opportunity, but we do think there's some connectivity there that people are really really interested in, and we want to figure out how to link those together. Uh, but I, I would suggest that commercial will be would be much further ahead you you have a lot of things going forward in commercial one you have a much more um, experienced uh, group of people uh, on the whole so they understand risk they understand nature of of you know financial markets um, so that makes it a lot you know when you when you get in the residential space and you start talking about first-time home buyers you, you're talking about a lot of layers of of people that have varying levels of experience. Um, and so when you add on these, these new technologies, 
you know, we're still in the part where, you know, I try to do digital signings and, and you know, there are people that are uncomfortable with that. So uh, it's sort of the crawl, walk, run approach to it. So I'd say commercial is going to be light years in front of residential. Definitely. All right. So Matthew, hey, Matthew, he asks, what are some newer insurance policies that you guys see be, being written around the risks that are now novel in the crypto slash real estate integration? Could you see representations and warranties insurance playing a role in these transactions? I do. And there's, it's, it's such a great question. And it's a, it's an area, you know, I, I, you know, we, we stay in the very specific lane of title insurance, uh, but we've, we've had one or two, um, you know, property and casualty guys that are that are sort of, um, you know, these these groups that do sort of novel products approach us about, you know, what, you know, ideas and concepts around it. So it's a it's a really interesting question in the sense that it, it sort of spawned this whole discussion around, you know, how you could add on. I mean, you know, I look at it in the traditional world as you know, like we have UCC one type insurance. So, you know, we can do that as a bolt on policy. So if you go and insure, you know, like a movie theater and you want to, you want to make sure that the screens and the seats and the whatever are also insured as part of that. So people don't start stripping that stuff out. Um, but I could see where you could, you could definitely have some interesting insurance products around tokens and, and trading of tokens and so forth so that people do feel and, and, and have those protections so they know that hey if i get this token it represents exactly what it was supposed to represent and if i if it doesn't then i can go back and, and get paid out that's awesome all right so joseph young asks what will the future partnership agreements look like uh in the crypto sphere in regards to buying and selling fractional shares of investment property i you know i think I do think that's where the smart contracts will come into play. Um, once again, you know, that's something for us that, that is not the, the high at this very moment, but, but something that we'll definitely start to uh, pursue at a, at once we have our sort of uh, what we call our, our minimal viable product available, which is, you know, strictly in the treasury management side of it and the escrow side of it. Once we get that to market and we can say, hey, you know, this is this is what encrypted estates offer. Then we'll start to pursue some of these these other, you know, other opportunities. But but I would think smart contracts would definitely play a role in that. Awesome. Yeah, and we had a question regarding whether this is recorded. It is in fact recorded, so we will be able to you'll be able to reference this at a later date as well. Uh, our so another question is by Joel Dixon. So hey Joel, he asks. Are municipalities ready to accept blockchain for central title management? Any front runners right now? Maybe some cities, municipalities, etc. Yeah, so good, great question, um, and and something that we've we've sort of with bated breath. I mean, so you know, our our as as we've had these discussions with various municipalities. I think I shared earlier, Cook County did an actual pilot program. Um, it'll have to come with a pretty large funding package around it because that's what you know. Every municipality or clerk's office you know, the first thing they're going to tell you is well, we don't have the resources, we don't have the money, we don't have the technology, we don't have this. Um, and so, um, you know, I think it'll, it'll come, you know, I don't, I would argue as part of, you know, some type of federal, uh, federal bill, or, you know, that would come out to support uh, municipalities. But that being said, I mean, I think Miami um, is really, way ahead of the curve on a lot of this. They, they are leaning in. And when I say that, I mean, leaning into the space. Uh, Tampa, Florida seems to be really leaning into the space. And we've got an office there, so I'm a little biased, but um, you can feel it and, and see it. Uh, Texas, um, Wyoming had a front runner lead in the banking space, uh, but that doesn't really necessarily tie to the recorders, recording space. And uh, with the OCC ruling that's come out recently, I think that's maybe leveled the playing field there. Um, so it's a it's a lot of movement, but I really feel like uh, Miami would be, if you ask me, the, the, they're who we are talking to. We're going to them and saying, hey, what can we do? You know, we've got partnership with Ernst & Young. They'll come in and, and we can help. We can help with the whole rollout program around it. Um, and I think that's what it's going to take is, is a couple of larger municipalities just 
sort of grabbing this and, and running with it. And then that, then you'll have your use case and it'll proof proof. Uh, and, and then people can build around that. Definitely. No. And can you kind of, I remember we, when we sat down for coffee, you mentioned a project that, that in Florida in particular, do you, do you have uh, one that you wanted to reference or in Miami? Uh, they've got, um, oh shoot. It's, there's a couple of hotel projects and I'll probably, uh, botch them up. It's not the one, uh, I, I apologize. I could look it up, but no they've worries, got, man. they've got one or two big ones that, that they've been promoting. Now, you know, sometimes those things get promoted that way. And then you read later on, they end up being very traditional and how they get financed. So, um, you know, the, the headlines are not the worst thing that people go after is what I've found. They, you know, crypto and blockchain is a great way to get your, get your headline in the, the newspaper. And then you dig below and it's like, yeah, Wells Fargo did that deal. Um, so, uh, um, but, but yeah, there, there are some projects that, um, you know, that have been headlined, you know, I haven't called them and asked them because, you know, once again, when it gets into the tokenization side of it, they go to um, they go to specific law firms for that that you know securities based law firms for those services. So we, you know, honestly, we don't play a big role in those those pieces of it. You know, we're we're sort of out on outside looking in on those. Sure. All right. So Alvin has a question. He said, "Where's a good uh, good place to track 1031 exchange related tokenization?" Uh, seems seems to me this is an adoption killer yeah uh that's a great question i i'll have to get back with you alvin i apologize i don't i don't know off the top of my head you know we do a lot of 1031 work uh we have not had anybody really lean into us with you know asking about you know crypto utility and and um you know maybe moving into that space um you know, most of the people candidly are just happy to find a project <laughs> once they sell out. So it's, uh, they're, they're just, you know, keeping their fingers crossed, they find some. So I apologize, Alvin, I don't have an answer for you on that one. Sure. All right. All right so next up, Alexander, he, he said, uh, what would be the main contributing factors in making tokenization and prop of property and cryptocurrency financing a mainstream concept? Um, you know, I, I, going back, I think the, the fractional ownership opportunities and the ability to really open uh, the landscape to, you know, all, all types of investors. Um, you know, I'm sure at the start, there's still probably, and, and, and based on what I've looked at and, and uh, gone through, you still going to be some accreditation process that, that would occur, but you could really could open it up to, um, both on the developer side, being able to do your capital raise, um, and then more, you know, as, as importantly on the investor side, being able to, you know, get in and get out and, and create um, a lot more liquidity in the market. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, depending on where it goes on the uh, on the titling side, being able to uh, reduce that transfer cost and the uh, the closing costs, you know, my, my peers would hate for me to admit that, but I think that's ultimately where it is going. So you're, you're primarily saying that it, it just it just takes time for the adoption piece to come into play. And that's more so part of the reason we're doing this is to educate people about it so they feel more comfortable. And hopefully at some point in time, there's going to be more uh, adoption as far as that's concerned, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, you'll when you talk to people in the tokenization space, the, the actual on the more on the software side, the, the, the folks that are building out these token tokenization um chain you know putting tokens on chain and creating the platforms they'll tell you they have a mile long of inquiries um the issue really comes down to the the expense the front-loaded piece of it and the current regulatory um lack of clarity uh that 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 sort of i think have definitely taken what would you know be a, a pipe that would be very wide to having it compressed right now. But I, I do believe as people get, you, you get more players in the space, um, they get more, um, you know, they, they won the process and it gets, gets a lot more efficient. The doc sets, what have you, the compliance issues, the regulatory issues get hammered out. Um, you're gonna have just a lot more players in the space that are able to provide these services to would-be developers or would-be investors. And then I think that's where you'll, you'll sort of see the tipping point, as I like to call it, of, of adoption. Great response. Awesome. So Jared, uh, he asks, 
Are the secondary are there any are there secondary platforms that you have come across that you think are building a strong platform to trade these commercial real estate tokens? Um, so I I don't know of, of any specific. I mean, like I said, there's there's some companies out there. Um, you know, and if you get on Twitter, it'll lead you down a bunch of different paths. And I would be remiss to to name names because I haven't worked with any of these groups. And and so there's a lot of them out there that that proclaim that they have these capabilities. But uh, once again, I'm I'm not you know I, I'm not a, a an expert in that space uh, specifically. So I would I'm sure there's some people on this call that, that that know a lot more about that particular part of it than I do. So I would defer to them. For sure, awesome. So John asks, any publications recommended to gain knowledge on this topic? Um, I you know so so where I have have done a couple things. One is I have worked with, hold on, I'm pulled up on my computer. Um, I have, you know, done the podcast thing. If you get on, there's, there's a ton of podcasts and you, you know, you have to sort of vet out what, you know, what's their uh, mission. I mean, are they trying to sell something or is it actually a, a podcast that's, you know, fact, more factually based, if you want to call it that. Um, there's a, there's one that I like personally, it's, it's a website that you can subscribe to and you, you either can do a members or non-members, but it's 101blockchains.com um, and they've got a pro area. Um, the thing I like about that is, is it's a, it's a collaborative group. Um, you can also um, join some blockchain associations, the FBBA, which is the, the, the Florida Blockchain Association is a great resource. Fibre is a great resource. So there's a lot of, 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 and those are all free, which is nice. And I mean, you can join at different levels and, and they have meetups similar to this. Um, and, and, you know, those are, those are good because it's, you know, candidly not somebody trying to sell you something. Uh, and that, that's the one thing you do have, at least I've found, is there's a lot of people, and you hate to say it, that are using, you know, blockchain and crypto as a muse, if you want to call it to promote whatever they're, you know, whatever they're trying to sell. So uh, buyer beware on some of that stuff is what I found. Awesome. Yeah. And you, I, you, I remember you sent a few of those links over to me when we, when we grabbed coffee a while back, Yeah, you know, they're great resources. They really, really are. All right. So Peter Andrews asks, uh, to my knowledge, currently legal ownership of a property is still based around deeds being publicly recorded with your local assessor's office. Have you seen any conversations with assessors regarding how the public, how the public publicly recorded deed might weigh against a tokenized deed on, on the blockchain if there is an ownership discrepancy between the two? Yeah, that's a great question. And right now, I mean, if you if you ask anybody, uh, especially in the title insurance space and, and not Ch Chip Ridge, but I'm talking about First American Steward Old Republic, they're going to tell you that the insurability will always go back to the assessor, the county clerk, um, and that that's the ultimate uh, ruler um, as of today. Uh, once again, as you start to see some of these municipalities adopt these capabilities and use them as the, the actually as the indexing tool, that will start to change over time. I mean, and, and once again, I can't tell you if that's you know, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, that's yet to be determined. But as of right now, I, I would tell all of you that there, there's no uh, deed on chain that will, that, that if you do that, you, you still need to have deed on county clerks. You, you just, you it, it's a must have to protect your interest. That makes sense, all right. And that so, goes for any municipality in the United States. So. Sure. Yeah. And there, I was filtering through the comments and there's a lot of people from Miami tuning in. So that's kind of cool. They were like kind of saying, Hey, Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, we've, we've done a lot. And, and, you know, Miami is for all those folks that are tuning in from Miami, um, you all have so many great resources there locally companies investment. Um, there's some great chapters uh, for, you know, being able to go to meetups uh, and, and to really, there's a, a company called Proppy um, that is um, doing some really cool stuff in the space. 
Uh, and I really, I think Natalia, who's the the main brains behind that group, she does a, she's a super duper smart lady. Uh, and so, yeah, so Miami is just, you've got, you know, and then they're hosting all of these conferences. I'll be down there three or four times this year for conferences. And, and candidly, every conference I go to, I'm blown away at the number of people that are there and, and just how engaged they really are. And, and, and passionate about the space and, and the, my, the mayor helps as well. So in the. That's awesome. All right. So Teresa, she asks, uh, gas for blockchain is terribly expensive. How do you see that influencing closing costs? Yeah, that's, that's one of the things. And that's why you're, you know, you get a lot of noise around sort of, okay, what, what other potential chains outside of the Ethereum and, and the challenge is, you know, the, the Ethereum layer is so important for, we talked a while back about the, the someone mentioned the Oracle capability. The, the, the problem is, is that if we build something, at least that's the way we're looking right now in the payment rail system, you know, it's, it's super important that there's all this um, interconnectivity and, and all of the banks are building on top of the Ethereum layer. So that's where we've got to play is, is within the, the layer that is that will be recognized through the banking system. It, it's a good it's a good question. Um, I would suggest that as there is more and more adoption and there's more and more competition and there's more and more tech development, um, you know, that typically forces, uh, you know, uh, expense down. Uh, but to, uh, full disclosure, I, I can't tell you exactly that I understand the whole economics behind gas fees and, and how they're created. I will tell you, I've been a big investor in Ethereum uh, just because everybody that I talk to is building, you know, based on the Ethereum layer. So you look at like a, a Fireblocks, which is probably the largest, uh, not the largest, but the very large builder of, of digital treasury management systems for all of the large banks. I mean, we're talking the biggest banks in the world, you know, and, and, and all of their programmers are, you know, Ethereum, they're, they're, they're building on the Ethereum layer. So. Awesome. All right. I think we have time for one more question. I just want to make sure we keep it. Uh, okay. So, all right. So last question. Uh, so when DOAs can hold government's tokens, aren't we actually contradicting the concept of decentralization, given the DOA owner, the power to vote on future outcomes? Yeah, that's, that is, once again, that's probably, I, I don't necessarily, um, I, I understand where, where the, the question's coming from. Um, I don't have a, a strong opinion on that. Um, so I apologize to the question person. I meant that's probably a group. If somebody wants to jump in on the chat, probably mm -hmm. there's some people here who have strong feelings on that. Um, you know, that, that comes down to governance and that comes down to, you know, who's, who's, pulling the levers behind what, you know, the great thing about the blockchain that we see is the immutability and the fact that <clears throat> it's there, you know, people talk, I mean, they try to loop cryptocurrency and blockchain into the Silk Road. That's that's the, the default argument that when you talk to regulators, but then if you really peel back the onion and you tell them fiat cash is probably the most um, that, that's that is the hardest thing to track in the world and uh therefore uh, uh you know i would I, you can you can track down you know bitcoin on the blockchain uh you can't track down cash that's been put in a suitcase that's been put under you know under a rug somewhere so i mean talking about governance and things of that nature i understand where they're coming from i, I don't have a strong opinion there awesome well great well chip Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in. If people wanted to learn more about you uh, and maybe get in contact with you regarding any of the services you provide, what, how, how can people do that? Yeah, um, so they um, uh, you could just chip at millennialtitle.com uh, and that's two L's, two N's. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. I've got a, you know my profile on LinkedIn's up to date. Um, you know, I'm on the other, the other social medias, but Chip Ridge, R-I-D-G-E, um, would love to, you know, if anybody has, you know, questions, um, you know, I've, we've got workflows that I would, you know, be more than happy to share and, um, we can, you know, share information. Uh, we're, we're very open architecture about what we're trying to achieve. 
we don't, you know, everybody's like, well, you, you know, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? You know, our point is, listen, you know, if we can help make things, you know, enhance the, the process for people, if, if we get other title companies doing it as well, that's actually great. You know, please join us. Um, and we're aware of some other folks in the, in the line that we are. Uh, but, you know, once again, I'd be more than happy. I love talking about it, obviously. But more importantly, I love learning about it. And so I look at, you know, any of these engagements as an opportunity to learn more about it. Definitely. No, for sure. And for those of you guys who are tuning in as well, we will be recording this. So this will be available via YouTube. And we also do record this to put it on a podcast format. So if you guys listen to this, listen to this in audio format, it's going to be available to you. And we're going to be including both uh, Chip's name, contact information, website, et cetera, in the description below as well. So, well, awesome, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in this week. Remember, we actually do this every other week. So we'll, we'll be having our next uh, meeting two weeks from now. Again, we really appreciate all your guys' support, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ralph. Great meeting. See yeah. See you guys. Take care. Have a good Ciao. one. Ciao. See you guys.